We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a True Faith podcast. I'm Norman Riley. Um, it's a, a bumper Postman City edition because I'm joined by Alex all the way from Australia after having watched uh, England produce another brilliant day's cricket. Got Charlotte on the phone and Newcastle and Chubbs on the phone. Where, where are you, mate? I'm in Whitley Bay today, you know, Norman. In Whitley Bay. What a beautiful place to be uh, Be on the line from. So, Great straight into it then. Um, I, can put this, um, I can put this all three. Alex, I'll go with you first, mate. Um, your initial reactions on seeing the, the setup in the lineup yesterday? And uh, Charlotte, how, how did you how did you feel? Yeah, similar. I um I wasn't surprised it was all going to be at the back. Um, I mean, there was no one at the there was no one not really anyone at the front when we actually got the ball, which was um, not much. But um, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I thought it was the right way to play against a team like Man City. Um, we just had to press them press from the defence side completely. And uh, Chubbs, now you were um, quite active on Twitter last night, voicing one or two, um, let's say, forthright solid opinions. Um, what was your <laughs> What was your take on on the on the team when it was announced? And I mean, I suppose we can just we can carry that straight into the first half performance. I'll I'll say a little bit about the first half performance. Um, yes, yes, it was very difficult. We really got the ball into their half of the pitch, and we didn't have anything up front when the ball was up there. But Man City did have a lot of chances as well, but my take on it was there was obviously there was a clear tactical plan there, and their chances to me it looked like it looked like the players were doing their jobs, they were following the instructions, and, and their chances came from mis- I would say kind of a lack of concentration, i.e. not uh, ball watching on one twos instead of looking at where the players running, not tracking runners, 
Um, but obviously you you had a slightly different take on the first half performance, I think. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get bogged down in the details, but I think we should we should definitely comment on Saive. Um, had a massive influence on our last result against West Ham, and just completely omitted from the squad with that injury. Not am I am I wrong? Is it injury? Is that what what it was? I, I, I don't I don't know. I didn't check that. I, I just assumed yeah, that. I just assumed. Perfect for Brighton, surely. And but well, he's he's got to be very very good at man management, which I've heard he's I've heard he's not. I've heard he's very cold, right? He's got to be very good at man management for someone to have a performance like that who hasn't played for so long, be on match of the day, and then you know getting on on and be like, oh mate, we're saving you for Brighton. Do you know what I mean? Well, not even in the squad, right? Like he's I, I don't know how he's man- if he's managed to keep him happy with that, then fair play, but. Well, That's a minor detail, be fair. I tell you what, Chubbs, my, my, my take on that is is that Saibi is a, he's a kid who's, who's barely played for. Well, he's, he's barely played at Newcastle since he signed. I mean, he was on loan last season at. Um, was it at Bordeaux last season or Saint Etienne? I can't remember. We signed him yeah. from one of them and he loaned him out to the other. Um, and he didn't actually play that much there. And he's just played a game away at West Ham, nearly the full game. Now, my guess is his legs are probably going to be very, very stiff. I mean, I imagine he's feeling yeah. aches in every single muscle in his body. And I'm hoping and I'm assuming that he's being saved for the game against Brighton because, as you see, he was very impactful against West Ham. And, and as a guns, I was, I was looking forward to seeing him again in action again last night, but I, t- yeah. I totally get it. If, he, if he's back in the side for Brighton, then the, I think the question's been answered. Um, but other than that, when I saw the lineup, I thought, like, I mean, I'm... I'm I am going to criticise the way we played, but I, I will always stay in Rafa we trust. Do you know what I mean? At the same time, I'm never going to criticise a world-class coach. And I think, well, whenever I see lineups like that from him, I think, you know, at least he's being creative tactically. Um, and he's not afraid to change formation, which I do like to see. Because um, at the end of the day, these are professional footballers and they should be able to play, you know. Well, there's more than one way it's going to cut, essentially. Um, I was happy to see Dummett in the mix. Um, but it did stink of give them the ball and see what they can do with this, uh, which I just think is, is borderline suicidal. Uh, in the end, in the end, right, everyone's going to say we've done well to lose 1-0. Uh, I'm not the sort of, Jordy that sort of takes that lightly, really. I don't I don't think we've ever done well to lose in any game. Um, I think, you know, we pay sort of 60, 70 quid for a ticket a Category A, category a game against Man City last night. I think we completed something like six passes in the first 10 minutes of a Premier League game. Um is that tactical or is that or is that just absolutely unacceptable for me? It's unacceptable. Like um, Gary Neville used the word embarrassing several times. Uh, sort of Jamie Carragher. Uh, when Vincent Company was injured, he actually suggested that um, their keeper could just come and play centre half, <laughs> which I think pretty much said it all. You know, like um, I, I, I could not believe. I couldn't believe. I think it's. I, I'll check the stats. Something to do with Art Mendy completed. I think Art Mendy completed more. Passes than our outfield players combined. Right. That is outrageous. Wait, well, I'll right. tell you what. I'll tell you what. At that point, mate, I'm going to bring Alex back into it because uh, he may have a, he may have a counter to, to that. Alex, what um, what would your I suppose the the I think Neville used the words um, too negative last night. Um, I'll go into Gary Neville in a bit because I've got a I've got a full I've got, I've got an epic rant about um, Neville and um, Sky Media in in general. But um, would you would you counter that? Castle, albeit they have to give an opinion. Um, I suppose 
you know, I could go up there to the end just to find a means to chubs and, like, you know, it's getting one nil a good result and, you know, the fact that there's so much more play here than the three points in terms of where we are in the season. But, I, you know, I think I, I, I'm, I'm more concerned about Newcastle United season. I, think it's, I, I promise you, Chubbs, in three weeks' time, me, me and you will, will not be talking about that. But against Man City, it'll soon be forgotten. Yeah. Um, the, the result against Brighton is far more important to our season than anything against Manchester City. And you, and you know what? That's that's shit. That's where we are. That's what Mike Ashley's done to us. I don't want... I want the games against Manchester City to mean something. I want those games to carry more relevance than they do, but unfortunately they don't. Now, we went to Man United and had a real goal in the first 30. Me and you were there, Norman. I'm sure Charlotte, you and Chubb, you watched it on We had a real fucking goal in that first 30. We got done 4-1. Did it help with having a real goal? Maybe. Well, we took the lead. We put ourselves in with a chance, but ultimately we were well beaten. And we got zero points and minus two in the goal difference chart. So... Tactical setup against the likes of Manchester City. Do I want to see us do much better? Of course I do, but I think it's so irrelevant in, in the longer term context of what we're trying to do here as a football club. And the fact that, you know, no other team this season will have to face Manchester City with two games and five days afterwards. No other team, because we played them at the worst possible point playing mm-hmm. Manchester City on Boxing Day, is the worst time to play them because we'll have two such crucial fixtures coming up that are far more relevant in the season. So, I'm just kind of, you know what, I could, I was probably part of Trump's argument that deep down I want to agree with and the, the pure football fan in me, the, the person that spends all this time talking to you people listening about football and writing about it and producing the fans and going to matches. Trump's is right, but it, but it is a bit embarrassing, but, but in, the, you know, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, it's just not that relevant. Right. I know, but I, I, I just don't want to have throwaway games in a football club like ours. I mean, you saw the way Guardiola talked about the club before the game, like, you know, he's excited for his first ever game at St James's as a player or a manager. Like, and I, 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 I don't disagree with you in the long term. We're not going to look back on it and go, oh, you know, we might be been able to get points out of them because no one has really. But I just, I just, I hate having throwaway games at our club. Like, I really well, do. I'm asking you now, Trump, because I, I haven't seen the game. What's the highlights? I followed it on Twitter, which was one of the worst experiences of my life. Never do that again. <laughs> um, do you not, do you, like you were saying, threw the game away from what I'm reading from talking to the likes of Norman from people oh. I, I speak to regularly, they're saying that second half we were in that game, particularly the last 20 minutes. Just, just like, I suppose, I suppose my question for you would be do the ends have to justify the means to the fact that we played so defensively and kept ourselves in the game? Is that not more relevant than any kind of reception Guardiola has with Newcastle? Well, Alan, I think we threw it away. I think <laughs> essentially they had. 15 attempts in the first 30 minutes at St James's Park. That is a record, you know, for even for them. Like, you are literally saying, have as many attempts as go. We're waiting for the inevitable. It's mental, man. And as soon as you go 1 0 down to them, the game is over. So people are telling me we've come close, we've done well, lose 1 0, we've stayed in the game. You're not in the game, you've got to score two goals against Man City. It's not going to happen. They know that. We know that. Essentially, all of our players, as soon as they score, the pressure's off. It's like, right, they've scored now, so we can have a go, lads. But nothing's really going to happen. They know that. We know that. Like, what happened the game away? I was, honestly, right? Do you think it's a good idea to say Kevin De Bruyne, right? Don't worry about you know working your way through the phases of play. Don't actually worry about running up and down the pitch and proving you can play football. We already know that. Keep your legs fresh. Come and play all your stuff in our final third. We'll put no pressure on your first touch whatsoever. There's no need. Your men we've been watching on telly and all that. Just shoot from 35 yards. No aggression on you. I just I can't like I can't get my head round it. Players like Gadogan, Mangala, Otamendi, Danilo, like, 
players that are known to have a mistake in their locker, they're put under no pressure to James's park. You're telling me if you came across, right, that spice boy of a goalkeeper that they had in Nets last night, right, with his, his tattoos and his shit boots, you wouldn't want to see him get a bit of change out of him. I'd be saying lads get him tested early doors. Like, like, even at my level of football, like get set pieces, get close to him. He looks like something I just fell out of Tuck Tuck, man. Like, just get amongst him. I mean, I just, I think, I think literally sitting on our eight in your box and just sit and say to them, you know, come on to us and not making them prove they can play football. And I think after after their goal, we went and pressed them for about three minutes. And that's when Aaron's has tripped the keeper. And essentially, immediately, you put them under pressure. Like, they're not like invincibles. They're not like, well, invincibles is probably the wrong word to use because they are going to be invincibles because every single team in the Premier League is rolling over and playing those sort of tactics against them. And that's, I think, what... Probably the reason I was so active last night wasn't just my love for Newcastle United. It was more my annoyance that this team of players that isn't that special is going to end up going down the history books because everyone shit scared of them. Like they're not Henri, they're not Vieira, they're not Campbell, Bergkamp. They're not even as good as the team, the Man United teams of the nineties that went unbeaten. And they're honestly, they are going to be like for all like grandkids, everything. They're going to be in the history books, and they're just not. I don't think they're good enough to do it. I really don't. I just think like. People have got to stop putting them under pressure. It's a wider issue for me. Like teams aren't really having a go at them, and they really, really need some stick. Like because you don't, you don't beat teams by making them like by giving them all the time in the world, giving them too much respect essentially, and letting them express themselves, and then trying to claw your way back in the game in a counter. I mean, it was good last night. I like to see like Aaron's get his chance against a big team and Murphy and bits and bobs like that. But essentially, I just think you know. The likes of Richie and the likes of Richie should have played and we should have really gone for it. I just think as well, is attack not the best form of defence? I mean, again I don't want to tactically go at one of the best the best coaches in the world, like but surely attack's got to be the best form of defence at some point. Come in, come in, come in. I was actually gonna um sorry, sorry, Chubbs interrupt you. I was gonna I was gonna see um Charlotte what I was gonna ask Charlotte what her take was, Alex, and then you can jump in after that if you don't mind, mate. How did you how did you um how, how did you see that last night, Charlotte? In terms of, do you would you see well, that we were too negative? I mean, I, I, I sort of, I sort of, I understand totally where Chose is coming from, um, and to a degree, I, I do agree. But going up against a side like Man City, I, I think we, 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 we could only have done the way we did for the first half because we just had to sort of see how it went. Like, I, I see what you're saying. It's sort of like tiptoeing around a team that isn't as good as you sort of were told. But I mean, I thought I thought at halftime we'd be like four nil down. To be, to be fair, and we're one nil down. And I think you know that that's by virtue of just sort of being on them on the back on the back line there the whole time. Um, and and then yeah, we did come back into the game in the second half a little bit more there. Like the last twenty minutes, it was sort of like try it. And. That was that was more entertaining. It was better football. It was more entertaining. But like, I don't think we could have started like that. I, I just, I, I think we, I think that would have been a suicide mission for us. Yeah. I mean, I know we lost anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. It's, yeah. a, it's a very good point. Alex, did you want to jump in there, mate? I just wanted to um, put the put the trumps that I'll, I'll take you back to the um, dark days of what twenty thirteen or twenty twelve, and Padre was manager and we were a really average team we went to any danger relegation and we played Man United at home Spurs at home 
in Liverpool at home in succession. <laughs> and Ardu in those games, he had a real fucking good go at those teams. Man. He, had a, uh, like, he, he played a, a attacking, aggressive football and we got beat 4-0 by Man United under Moyes. We got beat 4-0 by Spurs under Tim Sherwood. And then we got done 6-0 um, by Brendan Rodgers um, and his uh, Liverpool team all at St James's Park all in a row and obviously different teams different eras etc but I, I remember that feeling and the confidence the confidence drained out of that side so quickly after those results um, and, and I remember the morning we didn't do the podcast then I thought the morning with the lad walking out of St James just thinking I wish he had a bit of fucking tactical mouse I wish he had some mm. balls in him to say you know what let's keep this fucking tight for the first 30 and we've got the complete flip side and I, I just would like mm. you to consider you look at you look at our results over the past two months, and Norman, you've alluded to it several times on podcasts about how low on confidence these set of lads have been going into West Ham and to, 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 to take on from West Ham, which is what we have, which is the euphoria, which is the confidence that we can't beat the sides around us. To go and get done five or six by Manchester City, I disagree with you. I think you against Manchester City, you do get done five or six. I'll, I'll give you Stoke seven goals. I'll give you Spurs, who are Spurs are a good team, four goals. I'll give you Liverpool. Five goals conceded. If, if we were to, cut, to, to lose the game in that manner last night, which is entirely plausible, I mean, look, you, you, could, you could argue we could have lost the game in that manner if we'd been Man City had a bit more luck. But parking that for a moment, I just think it's so important that we're headed to Brighton with, with confidence intact and belief there for what's, what's one of the pivotal games in our season. These, these next three games, let's not forget the next three league fixtures Brighton, Stoke, Swansea. I, I need six points out of that. We need six points out of those games. If we were to go to those games with a potential 4-5-0 defeat and then you know you, you throw in the 4 5 defeat you've got individual errors you've got red cards you've got players not wanting to play I just think in the grand scheme of things I'll, I'll forgive the lads that they'll try first 30 against City and then and move on I'll, I'll jump let me jump in I'm going to um, the thing it everything you say Chubbs I mean it's completely valid as far as I'm concerned um, like, in, in an ideal world I would be getting straight in. I mean, like you say they, they are kind of living a bit off their reputation at the minute you know they're not they're not um, like Arsenal 2004, 2003 and 2004, like, like you see, but at the same time, I think the gap between like, City now, the yeah, they might be as good as those like, you know, those teams from 03, 04, whatever, but the gap between them and kind of us and other sides down the bottom is so fucking big that if we'd gone out there kind of all guns blazing, or not even quite as gung-ho as that, but if we'd gone out and tried to attack them and we were like, we ended up losing 3 or 4 nil, or even 5 nil, it's... Right now, the margins are so fine. The goal difference is fucking... It could be massively important. Like Brighton, for example, we got tanked 3-0 or 4-0 last night. Even if we'd beaten Brighton at home, we would still be below them. Now we're going to that game, we do them 1-0, we'll go, we'll go above them in the table. And I think is, I think Alex makes a very good point about the, the confidence levels. Getting tanked 4-0 at home um, is going to have an impact. Losing 1-0 where in the last 10 minutes you've had a go at a team that are head and shoulders above you know, 15, 16 other teams in the division, it's probably going to maintain your confidence. So I can totally see it. I mean, again, both really, really valid points of view. It's a, it's a tough one to say, well, this is what we should have done. But on reflection, I'm, I'm happy with the performance last night and I'm, and I'm really looking forward to the Brighton game based, based on it. No, I agree. Um, I, think, I, just... I think he's all right, but I, I, do, I do seriously think, I, I think with them tactics, we've kind of got away with one. Having 15 attempts in the first half an hour, essentially the tactics haven't worked. Do you know what I mean? Like they've hit the post twice, and by the way, 
think it's probably time to comment on that save from Elliot from Aguero. Which was oh, it was ridiculous. Just in outstanding, absolutely outstanding. He's all right in the in the long in the long run. It's it's going to be you know good that we didn't concede three or four because we're all unfortunate that end of the table. But I'm just a fantasist, you know, and I just about sorry not a fantasist, a romanticist. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just want to see more, you know. Um, but I mean, I think uh, Alex makes a great point with Pardew, like and them days, and you know we did have a good go at them, blah blah. But and maybe all the pundits are kind of playing playing up to our. Uh, to our reputation and saying, oh, you know, it's in Dim's pot, an intimidating place to come, why, why aren't we making it an intimidating place to come, why are we silencing the crowd, why aren't we getting the crowd into it and having a go at them? Probably right, cause, probably because we would get pumped 4 or 5 nil. but, then, you know, tactically, it is a lot smarter than, you know, unbelievable no, but I, I, think, I don't think, I think we're lucky to get away with the one no. I really think they could have scored 3, 4 or 5 in that first half hour. And I think we've just we've got away with one essentially. Fair um, enough. I think maybe it's to talk on a wider point. I think Newcastle United's fans at the minute have often accused us of having a low football IQ at the minute. Um we're we're looking like the smartest fans in the league because we're singing Rafa's name through some, you know, a terrible string of results. And the reason that we're doing that is because we're realising we are not getting a better manager anytime soon. Aye. Like and I, I love that from the fans. I love that way, like, but no. I don't know, I just got, like, you know, for example, like, Allardyce has gone seven unbeaten since he went to Everton. You wouldn't want him in your club, do you know what I mean? Like, I know, I agree, I agree, I agree. There's a lot of Man United, Marino's a great manager, there's a lot of Man United fans don't like him. <laughs> do you well, know what I mean? Uh, absolutely, yeah, Alex, you, you, were, you were you going to add to that, mate? I just, because Charlotte was at the match, I'm just really interested in how the, um, the fans, like after 30 minutes, were people starting to turn, or was it a pretty positive night in terms of atmosphere? The no, it was a good atmosphere. It was good. Um, I mean, uh, sort of. But the first half was like boring, really. Um, it was quite quiet. Every time we got the ball, though, the fans, which you know wasn't much in the first half, but um, the fans were behind them. And then in the second half, everyone was just, at, from from where I was in the East End, everyone was just really behind the team. It was really good. And so, like Chubb says, singing rapper's name. Um, also, I do have to just say how mint the flags were at the beginning and the yes. Gallagher end. That was class. Um, we had We Are United travel along the Gallagher end. It was just so good. It just really put, set the mood. It was really good. Oh, well, 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 well stay, well, you're talking, Charlotte. I'll tell you what, let, can we move on to um, some individual performances? Um, I suppose we've all probably got very similar opinions on who played, who played well, but um, Charlotte, for you last night, any, any particular standouts, anyone that, that impressed you? Well, yeah, obviously Elliot um, was really playing hard last night. Um, like Chubb says, saving Aguero's goal uh, there, uh, shot on. And um, I thought Diame was all right, actually. He's the only one tackling. Hello. Hello. Oh, I think the connection's gone on Charlotte there. So I tell you what. Um, Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Go on. Can you can you go from Diarmia, please? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I thought he was quite good. Um, normally I think he's a bit rubbish, but um, played last night quite well. He was the only one tackling really in the first half. His passes weren't very good, but um, he's the only one sort of on the attack a bit more. And then in the second half. Yeah, he got the ball quite a few times, which I thought was quite, you know, normally I just think he's a bit shit, but uh, he was good. And what about you, Alex? Any, 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 any standouts? 
Yes, mate. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, but but just just base your opinion purely on social media because loads of people do that in anyways. I'll go back to Charlotte who was there. How was Aaron's because there's been loads of there's been a bit of a clamour, a bit of a subculture towards young Rolando. Um, and there's you know Richie Smith who's on another podcast today has kind of been banging the drum for him so he should get a start. Do you think he did? Well, I'll tell you what. Would you compare Aaron's and Murphy who, who did that out of the two of them? Norman, can you repeat that question? Yeah, I can. Aaron's, Aaron's and Murphy, who would you, um, who would you say did, did, did better with the two of them last night? Mm, Aaron's probably. I, I don't know why we didn't put Richie on at some point, but I suppose we're probably holding him back for Brighton again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they were both all right. Both good. Second half, much better. But, um, yeah, probably Aaron. <coughs> Chubbs? Uh, I think they were both pretty pony, to be fair. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rob Elliott, world class, like to be fair, like honestly, yeah. um, his distribution as well. I don't know if he's noticed them sort of half volley goal kicks. He was literally spraying at like 60, 70 yards, like out the wing. I was just, I was blown away, to be honest. His technique was outrageous. <clears throat> um, other than that, I, I don't think we had any particularly stand up performers. Um, and Gale was all right when he came on. He seems to, well, he always seems to be. His application's always there, you know. Um, I think he might have been a better sort of choice from the start as well maybe you know could have forced the issue a bit more um, Shelby them tactics and, and playing John Joe is the only thing I couldn't understand you know you're essentially talking about someone who uh, is a dominant footballer you know he's, he's, he's in possession of the ball that's when he's strongest and um, he's you know being an aggressive attacking team where you know you're trying to actually play football it's like kind of like getting someone who's been you know, dominant every age group has ever played football at, and going, can you just go into your shell piece for the next ninety minutes and just kind of not not bother, um, not bother getting on the ball? I think we might have been better, um, maybe with a bit of Marino in there. Yeah, but, or, if he, or... but if he got the ball, he wouldn't have had anyone to pass it to anyway. Like there <laughs> yeah. wasn't any anyone there. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me jump in at that point because it's funny how you how you, how you watch a game, you perceive it slightly differently. So I am um, for a start, like shout out to Paul Dummett, first game like since Spurs. Played the whole game, and I thought he was in the second half, especially he was absolutely bang on. Um, I think uh, one of the one of the listeners said like, um, "Is there any space left in the back of Paul Dummett's pocket?" Because I think uh, in the second half he he did really well. So fair play to him. I thought Chancellor and Bemba again. Again, I'm I'm suppose I'm basing these evaluations of performances on the second half because obviously in the first half it was just you know absolute dominance by by City. I thought and Bemba did well. I thought Lascelles was was excellent again. Um, Elliot. Somebody who I've you know, I've criticised and said you know I don't think he's I don't think he's good enough. I'd rather give I'd give Darlow a go. Um, last night he was he was fucking brilliant. And like you say, Chubbs, his his distribution was absolutely superb. Um, like where where did that come from? You know, um, I'd also say that Marino when he came on looked really assured. Like to the to the point where those first kind of couple of months of the season where where he just he seems to have so much time when when he when he takes the ball down and looks looks for an option. Um, I thought Atsu was really tasty when he came on um, and obviously like you say Gail put himself about now I would say that starting Hosselu again I think that was just purely down to the, the way that we'd set the side up and say well if we can keep this to, to one goal up to the 75th minute then we can start trying to get something out of it now I know it's obviously tough against Man City but we did create chances at the end there, and, and Gail had that header that just flashed wide there was the penalty shout that wasn't a penalty so I was, 
Aye, there weren't any outstanding performances. It's, I mean, it's impossible that that would be bullshit saying that, but there were some really solid performances, and again, performances that kind of give me a lot of hope going into the um, going into the Brighton match. Yeah, I agree with that massively. I think we, um, I think there is quite a few players there who gave themselves uh, gave himself a bit of credit. And Bember, as you say, I was quite surprised at uh, how calm he was as well. He was very assured, and it's, it's good to see Dummett back long term because I mean. And I know we played in the centre half last night, but we really struggled for a natural left footer down there. I think um, Mankio's he's done well, you know, but I'm, I've never really been a fan of the inverted fullback. I like to have a bit of natural balance, natural width. Um, I think it's, it's easier to rotate the ball in possession when you've got sort of a left. And I think Rafa actually prefers that as well. He's he's said he sort of wants to get a left footed centre back as well and a left footed left back. So he, he's even down to the he sort of your, your, in, your inside defender, you know, like he actually wants that to be. Balance as well, um, which I can see. I can see Dummett playing in that centre half role. To be fair as well, in the future, I think last night he showed that. He's, he's always been. He's always been effective, doesn't he? I mean, what, what, what do you reckon, Alex? I think we've we've all we've always mentioned the fact that Dummett could um, can can do a really good job at centre half. In fact, I suppose there's a there is an opinion that he's he's probably a centre half playing at left back as opposed to the other way around. I don't know what you what you think of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, exactly. Um, he's not exactly you know uh, the most athletic player is he so really you know he gets by on his um, on his street smarts really and um, his composure so I would agree he probably is a bit of a centre half playing left back Alex um, this Paul Dummett we're on about aye dummy I want to about dummy um, I, I don't know it's, it's so hard to call him because he, he had such a good year last year and he came on so much in terms of his ability on the ball and his um, tactical understanding of you know, when to make the runs forward. I think by the end of last season, although we were playing in the second tier, he'd become one of the best left-backs in the league. So for, to kind of say at this point in his career to revert him back to centre-back, which is, you know, well, the question you put in me, I'd probably say he's more of a left-back for me. But you know what, let's just be thankful that we'll have a player that can do both because it's, um, it'll probably come in handy across the, uh, across the years. Hi. Absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what, right, I'm just going to, this has been like kind of edging its way to the forefront of my mind, but I'm just going to go on that, on that little bit of a rant about um, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher from last night. I hope uh, everyone's all right with that. It might take, it might take a good hour. No, it'll take about two minutes because uh, obviously I talk rapidly. But um, the, the Neville, Neville last night, the, the, the comedy in the first half was so fucking patronising and negative that it got to the point where I was thinking about just completely muting the telly. I mean, one thing it does show is how, is how much I hate watching Newcastle United on TV as opposed to being there. Um, it's ne- ne- Neville seeing that were too negative against Man City when Man U more or less went and did a very similar thing. It's totally fucking different then, obviously. Um, the, the reality is Sky, they just want, they want to see us get pumped by Man City so they can sell their beautiful football around the world. You know, they can... Um, they can, like, in inverted commas, sell that product. Uh, they're, they're fucking they're sycophantic, sycophantic brown-nosing of the big clubs. Um, it really takes a hit when, when like, a little, a little team, you know, a little tiny team like Newcastle uses, like, an, an old-fashioned fucking thing, like, um, tactical, you know, a tactical plan to try and stop them. Um, the reality is, you're looking at Man City, right, and, and their operating budget is probably bigger than the fucking economies of countries in this world, you know what I mean? There'll be countries in the run this world have got less money than Man City have as a football club. Um, and it's just it's just ridiculous. Hey, Carragher, um, Carragher coming out and saying, oh, well, last night's game, you know, the way that Newcastle played, it shows that, um, it shows that the Premier League's becoming a bit of a joke. You're like, mate, 
your fucking next team's just gone out yesterday and paid 75 million for a centre-half from Southampton. You know, it, it's a joke because there's a, such a massive disparity between four or five clubs and the rest. So it's almost like, what, what, what do people expect? Like, what, what, what would Neville, like, let's, let's put Gary Neville in the managerial hot seat because he did such a fucking brilliant job at Valencia, right? What, what would you have done last night, Gary, with that squad? You know, it's, it's just like, pontificating bullshit at its fucking most absolute, and it really railed me. Um, we had a couple of listeners, um, I think, um, on the, a couple of listeners on the website putting questions up, um, Dan and, um, Dan and Jay, you know, there's that kind of attitude that we still, we still demand a top four position and that they say fucking free-flowing, perfect football. Um, and like, I think, and also I think this lad Dan suggested, there's almost like this kind of media desire for, for the fans to turn against Rafa. I don't, um, I don't know what you, what you think about that, Chubbs. What would you say to that? Kind of this, do you think there is a desire in the media for us to turn against Rafa? Um, yeah, well, I think it would be right on their street if they did turn against Rafa. Um, I think probably, um, I think a lot of what he's saying is right, Jonas Norman, and there's a lot of media bias against it. I think the commentary was patronising, but I've got to say, I also think the way we played football was patronising, and that's why the commentary was so. I mean, you know, if, if we play Shelby and we play Marino and we play, I don't know, Diarmi or Saive, right, and then we'll go and play Matt Ritchie, then we'll go and play like Gail or Mitro for Charlotte, right? And, <laughs> and we have a little go at them, right? Gary Neville can't say, oh, their keeper can come and play centre-back here, and he can't take the piss out of the way because, you know, let's say we made more than six passes in the first ten minutes of that game, he can't sit there and take the piss out of the way. That's been my whole point last night and this morning. I've never, ever been more riled off a of first-half performance. Like, if we just, you know attempt to go and play football against them none of this happens and that's and that we're leaving the door wide open for people to take the piss out of her and go you know this is embarrassing and essentially it was mate i think what was the stat i read last night i'm gonna have a look for it right there, there it is right only manchester united right 13 wins against wigan have ever had a longer win and run against the same opponent than man city's recent run of 12 versus newcastle so they equaled that last night right we have picked up just three points from the last 57 available in the Premier League against Man City. That is mental, right? I know they've had a takeover. I know they've, like, and as you say, their operating budget is probably bigger than most countries. And the Premier League is becoming a joke, but you've surely, right, just down to, like, money and spending and blah, blah. We've got to be able to get some change out of them at some point. I, I like, and, like, you know, when I was growing up, when I was a little lad, I never, ever thought we'd have a, a run like that against Man City. I hate them because they've come out of nowhere. They've got not a lot, a lot of history, no class. The patter stinks, and essentially they're now like writing themselves into history because one of the greatest football clubs of all time. And that's what I, and that's what I think wound up sort of Carragher and Neville is like. They don't want to sit there and watch teams roll over against Man City, and that's what I don't want to see either. So as much as I hate, I hate them as much as you do, Norman. I think that their chat stinks, and I think there is a media bias against Newcastle United, and a lot of the was patronising the only way you can get rid of that is making them sit there and go wow Shelby's just not winning from 30 yards do you know what I mean what's he going to say then you're going to sit there and patronise with them no he's not because we're, 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 we're giving it a go we wouldn't be sat there patronising with if we played it with strengths which was getting the crowd into it Fair essentially everyone asks this by the by because you know we've got away we've got away 1-0 and 
Perez got end up being a good result, but that's how I feel like. Fair, fair enough. I disagree with you, but it doesn't mean I don't like you. Um, yeah, uh, Charlotte, uh, would you? Uh, what, what would you add to that? Um, my connection went down there, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, well, Alex, you, Alex, you heard it. You heard it, Alex. Uh, anything to say on that? to come back to your point about Gary Neville it's like you have to remember who his audience is and it's time to like you know looking at trying to contextualise who his comments are for okay now who his comments for and I know sometimes I use sweeping generalisations on the podcast but it's like his comments are for like Jason 44 from Torquay who was a man in and I him with a Chelsea fan for a bit <laughs> and now he's there now he's a Man City fan and he pays his £83 a month Sky subscription because he believes the Premier League's the best league in the world and that's important to him whereas us four here and everyone listening couldn't give a toss about any of that. So it's it's like I would say Norman don't get as upset and it is frustrating having to listen to the likes of Gary Neville say that and Graham Souness call Michael Marino's performance a joke at Huddersfield. It's almost like if you're, if you're getting annoyed at what they're saying you're losing the battle and you know, we've said in the podcast before when we were kindly invited to, to see Rafa, he, he told us his long-term vision was basically by making sure that we didn't make lots of little mistakes over and over again like other clubs do. And I'd say the same thing to you, Norman, for, for listening to these guys. If you want to listen to kind of comments after a defeat against Manchester City or, or Gary Neville start off for 90 minutes, and it, 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 it's pissed off loads of people. If you look at social media, you look at the chronicle, they've got three or four pieces out on it, so it's, it's clearly relevant. Well, I tell you what. Now that I've ranted in between you with what you've said, right? I feel a lot calmer, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a nice bath with loads of candles, and then after this, and I'm sure it'll, it'll all just, be, it'll all just be forgotten. Um, well, um, we may as well move on to the obviously the fucking gigantic match um, against Brighton. I mean, I can't. You know, I mean, there aren't any words to describe how big it is, either, right? So um, let's uh, let, let's move on to that, and um, let, in certain sort of terms of. 
line up and tactics. I'll start. I'll, I'll go through um, everyone. You have to get to give an opinion. Charlotte, what would is there anything in particular you would like to see? Any anyone in the lineup? Any kind of um, tactical setup you'd like to see for this weekend's match? Um, I'd like to see me. Um, not well. I'd love to see Mitro, obviously, because I've got a soft spot. But um, I'd like to see Richie start. Um, and um, and and I'd like to see us play a lot more attack. Like obviously, that would please Jobs. Um, I don't want to see us doing what we did with Man City. I, I I felt really, I felt really like more confident, more like I had more faith coming out of the last twenty minutes of last night. Um, that we that we can attack. So there's no real reason why we wouldn't be doing a, a lot more of that on Saturday. Fair, absolutely fair enough, Chubbs. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna uh, basically blast myself into the um, football and the bits of shit opinions and say I'd like to see Mitro as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, in all honesty, yeah, I know he's off, and obviously behind closed doors, you know, his temperament must be under serious question because we've seen what he's like on the pitch. Um, he, you know, he must have, I don't know whether he's made a pass at Rafa's wife or something. Um, but he's, he gave uh, an he's, interview in Serbia. Did you see it was in the Chronicle yesterday? Well, that about his leaving. Is it? Yeah, he wants to go. But, but this is what this is what I'm saying. In, in the interview, he said he's never felt physically fitter and stronger. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. I saw that. I mean, I'm, I, honestly, if I was if I was centre half, you know, which I'm not, of all three strikers, he's probably the one I'd li- like to play against the least. He's a big, raj Serbian bastard. Like, <laughs> like, I honestly like wouldn't fancy it. And I know he's let me down quite a few times, but essentially, I don't really think Hoslu or Gale are doing that much. But um, it's 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 literally pointless chat for me because he's not going to play. He's obviously yeah. done. He's obviously it's obviously got the point where it's beyond repair behind closed doors with him and Rafa and the guys. Chubbs, you really are. You really are fantasist, aren't you, mate? I really are what narcissist. A fantasist, not a narcissist, a fantasist. <laughs> fantasist, yeah, yeah. He's not going to play essentially, so um, that is just literally idle chit chat. Uh, no, Richie's got to play. Richie's yeah. application every single game. I've I've seen him playing a black and white shirts. Death. He's you know he's he's top of the range really. Um, I would love, absolutely love to see Shelby and Marina play in the same team as well um, and actually try and beat these with football. Because essentially, what what wound us up last night is, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the tactics have been when the likes of Burnley played them, but like when Burnley went away at Old Trafford, they found themselves two up after half an hour. They certainly didn't complete only six passes in the first ten minutes. You know, it can be done, can be done. I mean, um, I don't think that Burnley have got really a better starting eleven than we have. I think they're another championship team in the Premier League. I think we're better than Brighton man for man. I think we're better than Huddersfield man for man. And hopefully, as the season goes on, um, that quality will tell. Because you know you've seen a, you've seen teams come up, get promoted to the Premier League, and they do well for the first half of the season. And all their players are very excited to be there. The fans are very excited to be there, and they sort of roll off momentum for for a while, and eventually they get caught up. And I think hopefully. You know, Christmas when the starts getting busy and the squad starts getting tested is when uh, these teams sort of start getting found out essentially. And I just hope that you know we we'll go out there with um, with a bit of balls essentially, really, and 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 just dominate them. And I I want the crowd, I want the crowd in its rarest form on Saturday. To be honest, like I think that's the key. As much as the starting lineup, it's the crowd. It's it's not approaching this game with angst and worry and thinking, oh, what happens if we beat Brighton? It's let's literally like. Let's batter these four and five because we can't. We definitely can't. We man for man, we are much better than them. Alex, how would you? Uh, Guarantee that. 
Like, would you would you agree with most of what Chubb said there? What what's like? I tell you what, you can emphasise how how massive this game is as well. And um, what is it you'd like to uh, to see happen? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we might as well go to predictions. Charlotte, go on, give a, give a score prediction for the game against Brighton. You know what, I'm going to say 1-0 to us. That'll do me. Chubbs, go on. 3-0. Woof, go on. But to Newcastle, obviously. Oh, um, I quick thing, that man. Yeah. <laughs> Alex? I'll go 4-1 United. 4-1? Warm. 
Well, I'm going to go. I'm going. You know what, Chubbs? I'm with you, mate. I'm going three 0 Fuck it. We're three out. We're going to do it. Um, right. So I think we're we're kind of getting towards the end. Yeah. I don't know if anyone has anything else they'd like to say before we um, stop recording. Um, well done, the fans, for continuing to show the faith in Rafa. Although I've absolutely just obliterated his tactics, I do uh, <laughs> see Rafa with trust non-stop, and it's so good to see. Like, uh, it's so good to see. You know, such respect for um, someone who's you know world class essentially, and long may it continue. Um, I think now as well, just like for example, people like you know, like don't let the don't let the media get work. Just. Keep on going, man. We'll get there. We will get there. There's no doubt about it. Agreed. Agreed, mate. Alex, for part- parting words? I'll just do some admin with you. Uh, do a follow up to the FUP pod um, on Twitter. Uh, thanks for that. We've got 128 positive five star reviews now on iTunes. So, what an absolute beautiful set of people they are. Um, really helps us spread the word of the podcast. We need to fight, leave a five star review with a comment on iTunes, and uh, I think we'll be back normal after Brighton straight after. We we will do. I um, another thing I like that is um, thanks for uh, people putting questions on on Twitter. That's that's really useful. Um, and do feel free to you know put post match pre match uh, post pod pre pod questions up. It's it's just really good to really good to interact in that way, and it obviously gives us ideas as to as to what to talk about. Um, and that's it. Um, roll. Roll on Brighton, thanks thanks you three and um we'll speak to everyone soon. Cheers.